Hello, I'm John. And I'm Adam. And this is Backwash on Twin Peaks. comes the sign no is that the sign the sign's a little later i think uh, it's deeper in it than you think are they still sharpening the... yeah, i think they're done sharpening okay here comes here comes the sign <laughs> right i think so that sounds about right no it, this, this theme song is like the opening scene of space balls where the the ship just keeps keeps, keeps coming by yeah yeah this is a, it's a pretty draggy intro like you okay. know all the specific parts but when when they're when they're there it's it's hard to guess here's a sign uh, all right all right no, enough of this okay adam and i just finished watching twin peaks for the first time Adam more recently than I. Yep. Although I, while watching Twin Peaks, I vividly remember scenes. I had, I had like deja vu. Like I remember from my childhood, Audrey nodding the cherry stem with her with her tongue, and I remember. That's a pretty good young young man memory, I suppose. <laughs> and I would have been what eight or nine, and I and I remember. Um, Possessed Cooper. I remember the ending of season two. Mm -hmm. For some reason, I, I I just did. Although I I swear I'm pretty sure I was watching Twin Peaks for the first time this time and, around. Uh, yeah, yeah, and I I personally have not read any critiques of the show, so any thoughts I present here, however unoriginal they may be, are pure. And I am in the exact same boat. So, what did you think of Twin Peaks? It took me so long to get to it. As someone who's very seriously into TV, it seems like it's one of those shows that you just have to watch. It's hard to not have seen it and talk to other people who are into TV and it not come up in one way or another. Once I, but, I, I expectations were, I, I don't know. You hear so many things about it, so I wasn't sure really if I was truly going to like it, especially since I'm so far removed from when it aired. I mean, I was seven. Or maybe possibly eight, I guess. It's a long time ago. So, what did I think? I liked it. I was shocked, actually, how much I enjoyed it. For everything I had in my head, what it was built up to be, and what I thought it was for everything, It was I, I enjoyed it. I really did. Yeah. Did you text me saying that it's 42 minutes that feels like 42 minutes, though? I, that sounded more negative than how I meant it. It's just, it's not a show that has a a pace that because there's leftovers to me it doesn't seem short those episodes fly by because i'm you're so engrossed in a different way i think this show i it's a product of the early 90s the pacing the editing the music everything is just at such a slower tilt that it's truly a 42 minute show that just feels it feels that length it feels long it feels even slow shows that are, are peak tv stuff now they don't they don't, they don't have that length. Some of them don't have that length issue, even if they're a slow-paced type show. 
but I didn't mean it in that negative light, but it's when you're trying to catch up to do this podcast we've been planning to do. And I literally just fin- finished the series 20 minutes ago and I've been burning through it for the past couple of weeks. It's, it's tough. It feels long. Yeah. I was thinking about like no one under 25 remembers Twin Peaks was alive when Twin Peaks aired. And so, uh, you know, I wonder how the return will be received. Do you feel the same way I do when it comes to like talking about TV in general is that it's it's like it's it's something that should be on your list it's a it's a thing you need to see Oh definitely okay my okay. my my friend uh, drew thinks season one of Twin Peaks is the best first season of television ever to be honest I would on put in its time put in its its period definitely. It, overall, I would say it's a strong contender to be on any list for a great greatest first seasons. It's tough for me just because I'm not of that time period, and there's a lot of other things that <laughs> float to the top of my personal list. But I think it's up there. Yeah, I wish you could go back and because it's it's such it's it's an odd mix of the mystery, the detective mystery, and a romance, romance and comedy, um, horror, horror, horror elements. Yeah. Nowadays there are shows like it, but I tried to think back like how, how, how different it was when it aired well, against, I don't know. It's perfect strangers. Evening shade. Yeah. When, when was moonlighting? That was what? 89 something. I mean, it was before. Yeah. Was, yeah. A little bit before, but I mean, the serialized nature and the the combination of literally probably every TV genre or an, and film genre you can think of is is scattered throughout. I mean, there's slapstick stuff in this, and then you know things I consider straight up horror that I was actually kind of surprised visually and you know auditorially, which we could maybe touch on the the audio aspects of the show. It's it's shocking to me how many elements they were able to cram into one pretty short show 30 episodes total and you know a movie and some other bonus material i guess if you really dig into it and um can't talk about twin peaks without talking about that uh back back half stretch of season two <laughs> did you find it as meandering as i did this is season this is post episode nine in season two where things very clearly take a turn it's different and it gets back on the rails at at points but it wanders it wanders quite a bit it, it was tough it was tough to get through but some of the things i always heard the most disparaging things about like you know a character becomes a civil war general and and whatnot weren't nearly as bad as i was expecting it to be i mean there's just so many other things going on and i some of those things weren't as bad as i thought they were going to be I was thinking about if Twin Peaks would have benefited premiering in 2017. Like, what if season one was 10 episodes and we resolve Laura Palmer's death at the end of episode 10? Mm-hmm. And maybe season two could be like like Fargo, where the Twin Peaks is the constant and you just, you don't have to keep extending, you don't have to keep servicing like James. You can... You could just disappear. I, I think I think that's totally how you would have to handle the show if you were starting from scratch, which makes but, me really interested on the new stuff. Right, but but then I remember Twin Peaks is premiering in 2017. <laughs> It'll yes. be interesting to see 
It's 18 episodes. Which is and quite, quite a bit. Yes. That, and that, that seems like a pretty tall order. I read that scenes will take place outside of Twin Peaks, mm-hmm. too. And I wonder if Showtime, I wonder if the episodes will run in a full hour. I mean, we got to be bumping into 54, 55 minute territory at the, at, I mean, that we're, we're touching on an hour, right? It has to be. That's a, 18 episodes is, is a lot. There was a ton of characters and tons of people in the first two seasons. There's a laundry list of celebrities that are going to pop up in the second season. So third season or third, excuse me. Yes. Uh, 18 seems like a lot of episodes though. I'm just glad it's not a a Netflix production. Oh, the, it would be absolutely atrocious to catch up on that. Though they're premiering um, yeah. four, yeah. So every every uh, everyone's gonna be rushing to to burn through those four, even though like this the the second two are airing. Like if you burn through those four, you have to wait another two weeks yeah. for the fifth episode. It, it would benefit you to just probably pump the brakes and, and go with those just a little slower. All right. Um, questions. I have some questions. Mm-hmm. Maybe you do too. <laughs> how how big is Twin Peaks? <laughs> it, the, the, <laughs> the sign says 51,000, which is – so you live in Billings, which I, is yes. around – Hundred thousand, give or take. Um, yes. So fifty-one thousand puts it between Missoula and Bozeman, okay, in, in, in population, uh-huh. and it has a, a roadhouse and a diner and a, a podunk gas station, mm-hmm. but it also has a department store, and its population can sustain a uh, a pageant for twenty plus years. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's very flexible, the the the, the terrain that uh, Twin Peaks covers. You dig around, and especially in the outdoor sequences, I, I did some mild research after the fact, and kind of while I was watching things, and you know, people do their 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 visits because this is certainly a show that has that that kind of following where people go and search out locations. It's funny, a good majority of the outdoor situations are are just shot from different angles. So, I mean, they even, you know, they never even spread their rings, wings when they were even in the outdoors just to shoot stuff. They, the scenery was always literally the same spot often. It wasn't even big when they shot it, and it just seemed like a meandering size for a city, too, or a town, I, I guess. I um, I initially thought Twin Peaks was closer to Seattle, but um, it's it's like close to Canada, in the eastern part of Washington, right? Yeah. Well, because I would put okay. that's like because One Eye Jacks was Canadian. There was the, right. you okay. know, there's the Canadian element that was that was in there. They had to have been close enough for that sort of thing. Traveling qu- quickly as it was, even though you know people just appear where they need to appear. Uh, next question: <laughs> Why did the soap opera disappear in season two? <laughs> I like the soap opera element. You see this. You see this sort of thing in other shows, where yeah. they have the. Well, I mean, The Simpsons, right? Sure. Yeah. There's so many tropes in this show that it's funny because you have to flip the switch in your brain where you're just like, no, this is actually probably coming from here, or at least this is one of the earliest incantations of it, versus, like, thinking that someone's they're they're copying some a newer show or something like that, but. 
I kind of thought that I wish that would have went somewhere more because they're obviously in on the soap opera elements of it. You know, that's them winking at you saying this this over the top shit that seems really soap opera, like the the relationships and the love triangles and stuff like that. You know, they're winking at you. So I was kind of hoping that somehow something like that would tie in a little bit more or at least wink a little harder. What I thought would have been kind of fun. But yeah, it was a it was a soft wink. Next question. The, uh, you know, Diane was also curtailed in, in season two. Mm-hmm. And I, does she return in the new episodes? Does like Cooper speak into his iPhone? He does talk to her late season two, really late season two. But he, he does, he talks to her a lot more in season one. Oh, it, it definitely more of a device in the first season, yes. But he does. Almost as soon as I thought he hasn't done that in a while, he uh, he almost did in like the next episode. But it didn't it didn't really. He always get cut off. It'd always be him being interrupted while he was doing it. So it didn't it didn't go anywhere. He wasn't really like expositing his like opinions and thoughts and the situation. So it was the device was useless then. What would he talk into now? Pull up the iPhone, iPhone uh, right? re- recorder app. <laughs> I assume. All right. The Black Lodge. Is it just? The corridor and two rooms, or just one room. I map out the map, map out the Black Lodge. <laughs> Is it like an endless series of just a, a curtain room and a corridor? Well, what a it was corridor. was what, what it was was very cheaply shot. <laughs> um, right. But what was it actually? It seemed like it was just a never-ending room, corridor, because, room. Because he, he tried, he, he tries to escape. Which means he goes backwards. So is it just like a row of room curtain? That's kind of how I interpreted it. It was just a loop. Maybe there was no beginning and end. There wasn't a start and a finish. It just kept looping on itself. I don't know. I haven't had enough time to digest the the cheapness of that setup. Although for for a a minor second, I thought it would be kind of cool to have that flooring in my house. (laughs) The zigzaggy black and white pattern. Oh, okay. Question, why so many love triangles? <laughs> I feel like no one is in a loving relation or no one is in like a legitimate relationship on in Twin Peaks. There's a lot of falling in and out of love very quickly. And yeah, so and some, so you have, so like <laughs> Laura and Bobby were dating, but Laura was secretly dating James. Meanwhile, Bo- Bobby is secretly dating Shelly. Yeah. And then, and then Laura dies, and James begins dating Donna, and then he falls in love with Maddie. And then season two, he gets involved with another love triangle. E- Evelyn and... Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then you have uh, basically every every major character, Norma, Ed, and Hank, Norma, yeah. Ed, and Nadine, Ed, Nadine, and Mike, um, uh, Bobby, Shelley, Leo, and Hank. Well, oh, wait, Hank was a Norma. I'm sorry. Yo. But oh, um, well, in the Haywards, Hank, Norma the, and Ed, yeah. And then the Haywards, uh, Donna's parents were right. with uh, Ben. <laughs> well, then jo- Jocelyn and, and jo- uh, Ben, Catherine, and Josie. Yeah. Um, Lucy, Andy, and Dick. Everyone. And then yeah, because Pete, uh, Catherine, uh, yeah. I think you can connect a triangle to everyone gotta be by design because you wouldn't i mean they just stuck everyone everybody but the log lady was pretty much involved with at least two other people in oh, some regard and, and, and don't forget um 
Cooper, uh, Wyndham Earl, and uh, uh, Caroline. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think Harry is the only one who wasn't in a love triangle. Oh, no, Harry. Harry and Josie and uh, Andrew Packard. <laughs> no, they're, they're pretty much... Audrey. Uh, Hawk? Hawk was the only one who wasn't. Audrey. Audrey, Coop, well, and then that split. I don't think they actually put her in it. Well, she was... There was kind of a Bobby situation for a little while while there was... That was before... I mean, it's, not even the not even the OC was, was this naughty. They stirred the pot in this big time. I think... Do you think that they just thought that, like, I don't know, in, like, 90? Like, love... They're laying it on pretty thick. It's was like, it a simpler time where... Like, that was a really... I don't know. Maybe that was just, like, his exotic as it got when it came to relationship stuff especially for as quickly as they fell in and out of love in the show they're just like well on to someone else now let's just shift this triangle over a click i think it's i think it's a 90s thing the love triangle (laughs) all right last question for me why are the teenagers never in school i actually started to count the times where i was like okay here's a school sequence to actually place these kids (laughs) into school and there's like two there's like two donna locker scenes maybe or maybe right. a Donna Locker scene and an Audrey Locker scene. And, like, that's <laughs> it. Like, that's literally it. There's nothing else. Most of the high school students star Nadine, and she's 35 yeah. years old. Yeah, she's just in the she's just in the gym getting super swole. That's it. Meanwhile, that's like, it. Audrey is time to go to Canada and, and moonlight or masquerade as a prostitute. In Canada. I mean, I understand <laughs> and, they're close, uh, but still. And then Bobby shows up at the Great Northern in a suit. You know, asking to be uh, Ben's assistant. He looked like a like, little baby in a giant suit. Should you be in school? What are you doing trying to be Ben's assistant? Well, he's trying to be like trying to be some sort of businessman. Oh, my God. These kids went to school probably far less than a story that revolved around. I mean, the majority of the I mean, a good portion of this cast is was a high school student that never went to school, even less than the OC. I mean, that show at least happened at school. Occasionally, they drop you in to remind you. Right. Postscript question, because I just I just remembered it. <clears throat> when people learn that Laura Palmer is missing, why is their first reaction that she's dead? <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I remember watching the pilot, and L- Laura's mom, she receives a phone call, uh, and she learns that, that Laura's missing and she starts oh it's dreadful crying. yeah she's she just crying hysterically like that's the immediate reaction don't you feel like whenever someone like goes missing in real life i mean there's I mean, you may not say it but you, your glimmer of hope is really the first thing is like they're okay we just don't know what's going on her immediate reaction was just like a total and epic breakdown because the child's they just know they're dead like that's the only option and then i think <laughs> it was james who ran out of the classroom <laughs> Like, she could just be, you know, passed out in, in, in someone's apartment. She was... Their intuition was correct, anyways. Yes. She's, she's dead as a dando there. Any questions from you? <sighs> I would like to ask you your opinions on the soundtrack, music, score. It's a bit on the nose. <laughs> okay. It's not subtle. It, it's, it's heavy. It's heavy in the mix. Let's put it that way. Like, I, I think it's like the audio equivalent of. I know what you're gonna say. 
Maybe. I think it's like the audio equivalent of just the mishmash of genres that the show is. Sure. Like, you know, you, you have love and mystery and horror mm-hmm. and music wise you have that love theme <laughs> you have the, the pink panther detective music uh, you have you know the end credits you know broody broody song and and they're all really they're very genre specific and there really isn't any variety those are the songs you you load up the twin peaks soundtrack and that's literally everything that's ever been played on the show musically through 30 episodes of tv i wonder if they'll license any music for the new episodes i hadn't dug into that yet did was there anybody in particular scoring this did they did they uh angela battlementi is still alive right i believe so i mean i think that'd actually be kind of cool if they got him back i mean there's certainly more creative things you could do in 2017 to bring the elements of what used to be in the show and freshen it up, right? 25 years removed. I'll be honest, my one previous exposure to Angelo Badalamente was the Lost Highway soundtrack. Yeah. And that is just very dark. Mm-hmm. So it was surprising, jarring. How much more uh, up, upbeat and How much play- more upbeat and jazzy. And play- the, the, the playful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Who knew, who knew he had it in it? <laughs> so my thing was, I just couldn't... It was probably the most jarring thing after I watched the first episode, was I was like, my God, the music. I was like, I don't know if I can handle this. By, by a couple minutes into the second episode that had passed, it didn't take very long for me to get over that. But it was really... It was very jarring to me because I was just like, this sounds so bad. This is all really stupid. Like, I, no. And But for some reason, it kick, I kicked out of that really quickly. But the, the love theme is particularly smothering <sighs> because it's just like, oh, James, oh, James, oh, Donna, oh, James. <laughs> just a remix of the love theme where the lyrics are just, oh, James. Yeah. It's it's so it's so heavy. It's the Bane. I call it the Bane mix. It's the it's and, the, uh, the Batman mix. It's so heavy. It's on top of everything. It's on top of the dialogue. It's on top. It just really it really hits you over the head. They tone it down a little bit in the second season. I th- I feel like unless I'm just I just got that used to it. But it seemed to me like they they literally dropped it in the mix a little bit quieter. So it wasn't just bashing you over the head. But it was probably the most the first jarring thing I noticed about the show wasn't wasn't how strange anything was or, you know, wondering what was going on it, or the mystery. That all came later when I got actually enveloped in that. It was just the fucking audio. I was just like, good God, this is... And an interesting project would be to let, like, the music supervisor for The Leftovers or Fargo rescore Twin Peaks, take out all the... Uh, uh, <laughs> existing music and 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 rescore and see see how it plays i mean a bunch of a bunch of pop remixes acoustic pop remixes of stuff and things that don't quite fit but somehow fit or 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 how about like a theme song that doesn't like deflate you before (laughs) before you begin watching the show i i'm just trying to envision sitting in that couch 
going, this is a new show on TV, and just becoming totally engrossed after you watch that intro. <laughs> Yeah, well, there's a lot of water. There's a waterfall, and there's some, you know. I, I think visually, it's such a. I think it's a really strong visual component to the. To it's the just intro. a little sleepy. It's it is, but that music is extra sleepy. I mean, that's yeah, that's yeah, yeah. that's that's some ambient music there. But I come, I came around. I enjoyed it. By the end, I hear that now, and I feel and see a lot of things in my head. So I mean, that's pretty fucking effective. It's Stockholm syndrome. I, it, <laughs> perhaps there might be a little of that in there, but I came around on it. I enjoyed it, but man, it was probably the first weird thing I noticed. All right, let's run through major characters and discuss. Okay. Dale Cooper. Dale Cooper. Turns out he's probably one of my favorite television characters after I've seen this. So. Dale Cooper, they they, they made they made up a uh, a reason for him to stay in Twin Peaks. Oh, did they ever make up a reason? And then they made up another reason for him to stay, Wyndham Earl. And I wonder if Twin Peaks hadn't been canceled, what what, what would what would his reason be for staying in Twin Peaks in in a season three or a season four? At least with like the Showtime show, he could be returning to Twin Peaks. Yeah, he right? could he could have left by now and has has returned. To me, to me though, based on the ending of the show, it it, it seems to me like he would have perhaps stuck around. Well, based on the ending of the show, I believe he. Well, yeah. His real self is he's, in the Black Lodge. Yeah, he's not. Yeah, he's not there. He's he's the doppelganger. He's a doppelganger, Bob. Yeah, but oh shit, I don't even. I, that's why I can't. I can't fucking fathom where this new season is gonna <laughs> going to begin and going to end. Harry Truman. You know, I, I also I, I'm slightly uh, disappointed that he's not going to be in the new season. Yeah, he he's he's a. Uh... He's probably he was probably the most grounded, insane character in the entire show. Uh, He's and also Michael Ontkeen is still alive. Yeah, I I, just retired from acting. Yeah, he's a Canadian actor who no longer hasn't been acting for a while. But I read that they're replacing him with Robert Forster, who was the first choice for the role initially. Okay. Yeah. So. I like him. I could see that perhaps being a comparable I, replacement. I, Harry was perhaps too much of a straight man. Like they had to, they, they had to pair him up with Josie to give him a character. That, that had to give. That, well, that was the only edge he had in the show. Was right. Was was via, uh, Otherwise, via he's just like straight policeman. Yeah. Straight sheriff, rather. But I liked how the the sheriff was like the sheriff, like an old west sheriff. He was just he, he was the most reasonable character. He only went mildly off the rails, but it wasn't really anything. It wasn't much. He didn't, and he still went along with everything though too. And I liked the friendship element with him and Cooper. Yes, that that was enjoyable to me. Those two, I I I really enjoyed. 
Shelly. Okay, I'll start this off with her because she's the first of the girls we're talking about. This show uh, was surprisingly loaded with, like, babes of the time, and I still think they hold up, like, now. I think the the female characters in the show were, if you think compared to other shows on at at the time, I think they were as over the top as they were in soap opera as it was at times. I think they were probably some, they had to have been probably some of the best written or at least portrayed like women on TV. The, 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 the diner blondes are somewhat interchangeable to me though. Uh, Norma, Shelley and Heather Graham. I always kind of got the mother daughter vibe from Norma and, and Shelley, you know? So Shelley, trying to remember Shelly Shelly and Bobby Shelly and Bobby I have nothing to say about Shelly she... <laughs> let's move on to Bobby <laughs> I, I don't have much to say other than that she was probably my crush of the show but she definitely wasn't the strongest female character in it Shelly and okay so Bobby Bobby and his his <laughs> his scheming he is the doofiest, like, uh, such a, like, dork for being, like, somebody who is supposed to be, like, a, at least it seemed to me, like, the cool kid. Perhaps not as cool as James, but we'll touch on him in a bit. But he just seemed like such a dork. Like, I didn't understand his draw for anybody. He had no good ideas. He didn't do anything that really helped anyone. He had really no <laughs> redeeming qualities. He didn't come out with anything. His arc is not great. Shelly and Bobby, where do they end up? They end up in love together, uh, wanting so, to get married. He he basically asks her in the diner. He tells her that so Shelly, she's married. So Shelly and Bobby are back. Yes. Uh, perhaps married with children in the new series? Mm-hmm. Divorced? Perhaps. Yes. I to me, I would suspect that would be a divorce situation, but you can't have all these people. Some of these people had to end up in between. I guarantee you there's a couple that's divorced by the time, you know, we we enter the new series. Ben Horn. <laughs> okay. I I feel like they neutered Ben Horn. He was, it was, he, I liked him as a villain in season one, and then, um, <laughs> then they cut his balls off. Then he becomes a Confederate, uh, a Confederate general. Yes. And and then he becomes a devious environmentalist or um, a scheming environmentalist. For- and that's that, that's his arc. That's his arc. He has nothing to do in season two. Well, they they do shoehorn a paternity issue in, which. But- was, well, that, was, that's was less really to do dumb. with him and more to do with uh, with Donna. Yeah, but still, that just felt so shoehorned in. I mean, it didn't really. It served no purpose. I mean, perhaps in in a third season that didn't exist further back, maybe it would have served a decent arc. But so there was nothing. Unlike Shelley and Bobby, I feel Ben was salvageable. Alas, um, the actor is dead. <laughs> Uh, but his brother, his cool brother, who I also like, uh, is still alive. Oh yeah, he he's been in. I didn't re- I didn't I didn't realize. Are you sure he's dead? Really? Ben Horn is dead. Uh, 
Really? In real life, huh? Yeah. Huh. I didn't realize that. I guess I assumed he was going to be in it. Yeah, his brother has been in quite a bit of stuff, yeah? And did you get... So, He's still season active. one, Ben Horn sleeps with Catherine Martell. Yes. And then Ben Horn is also in cahoots with Josie. <laughs> Josie. Yeah. So is he's playing both sides. I would suspect we had to we we have to think that and he's also I mean that just makes him extra evil. But that's when he was a much better character. Right. Because that's that's first season stuff. That was when he was way more interesting. So yeah, he was playing both sides there. But I don't think he understood that the other side was playing against each other the way they were either. So I don't know. Right, right. Yeah. I, I think they replaced him with Catherine Martell in season two. Yeah, she became certainly a, a higher evil. She's, she's like superseded him, yeah. Yes, definitely. <laughs> Donna, the Marissa Cooper of Twin Peaks. Oh, God. Donna, useless character to me. <laughs> she, she exists because she's she's Laura Palmer's best friend. Sure. Right. Um, what What does she really do? She does not, nothing. Not a whole lot. Her. She says, "Oh, James," and so no. So, <laughs> I feel like if Twin Peaks had a season three in the '90s, Donna would have been killed, like Marissa Cooper was killed on the OC. She was an expendable I, asset. Like a couple episodes in, like I, and... I, I feel like Laura Flynn Boyle just didn't want to play Donna anymore. <laughs> I, I felt like she felt like she was being underserved. I, I don't. I haven't read anything about Laura Flynn Boyle's Laura Flynn Boyle's relationship to Twin Peaks, but she didn't return for the film, and she's not returning for uh, the Showtime series. To my knowledge, her she's a direct issue. She's she's a direct reason for an issue I have with the show, which we haven't covered this character yet. We've covered uh, Dale, but. They were dating at the time, apparently, and that ended up neutering a storyline, which I have reservations about, but I kind of would just say fuck it because I actually wanted to see some where it went, which uh, which was the Audrey situation with Dale. Okay. That, that just disappeared. To my knowledge, that's because Laura Flynn Boyle was dating Kyle MacLachlan at the time, and she wasn't having that. Okay. So she was thre- – well, she's very much uh... – so there's some behind-the-scenes what, what business. Mar- yeah. She's very much a Misha Barton, I guess. Yeah, you know what? In more, in more ways than one, I think, here. So so I, I, I feel like they made up this Audrey and Donna are our sisters storyline to give Donna something to do. Otherwise, write her off the show because she serves no she, she serves no purpose once once you, you uh, resolve Laura Palmer's um well yeah um, they never they never pushed her anywhere else after that yeah she's just there it was running around with a bunch of bullshit with james that's it and then a shoehorned a shoehorned paternity thing towards towards the very end audrey audrey okay so like i just got done saying um i think the storyline with her and cooper I, i understand that she was only a high school student in the show but they, they made them all seem older. They never went to school. They're always so far removed from being quite as young as they were really in the show that I just always wanted to see. I thought that 
I think that was they obviously were building up to something and it never went anywhere there. And I like their interaction. I think about I, I think about Audrey. At first she was like Harley Quinn to me. Like a troublemaker. Okay. In, and inst- then instigating they, like on purpose. Poke. Right. And then she became Harley Quinn in Suicide Squad. <laughs> so it's 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 an odd yeah, like I tried to figure out her character alignment. Mm-hmm. Right? Is she is she is she good? Is she evil? Is she chaotic good? Yeah. Um because she see, she genuinely seems like she wants to be an FBI agent. Like I said, she poked her head in probably the most interesting business that was happening on the show. Maybe that's just because she was surrounded by more interesting characters for a longer period of time with the the Cooper stuff and her dad at one point being one of the more interesting characters for a, a, a small period of time. And, and, and then does she get blown up? I mean, we're going to see her, right? Yeah, she returned. <laughs> Sherilyn Fenn has not aged well, but oh. Audrey survived, evidently. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess... Just because she's in it, we really don't know in what capacity yet. So, and, and, and I like how Audrey knows all the nooks and crannies of the hotel. This hotel has so many hidden passageways for her to spy on people. Lots of pretty large holes to spy out of. Yeah. If you ask me, but what do I know? Nadine. Nadine. <laughs> Comic relief, Nadine. You know... The the eye patch stuff, her drapes things, her uh, her leg, her super strong her super leg. Strength. I gotta be honest. I think probably one of my favorite storylines is her super high school strength. Her going back to high school and just being super strong to me is fucking stupid. <laughs> but it's actually probably one of my favorite storylines out of the weird stuff after post episode nine. I think I think it's hilarious. <laughs> And then, and then she, she wants Mike. Mike doesn't want her. And then Mike is Mike is just with her. And they yeah. explain it away as the sex is good, right? Yeah, her super strength has something to do with their, uh, you know, him him turning face and, and deciding yeah. to be. With Mike her. is just all. Mike is just unexpectedly out of the blue. Yeah, okay, I'm with her. I'm okay dating Nadine. Well, and I mean, obviously everybody, I mean, I can, I can even, I can excuse the fact that they're just like, when they went to register her for high school, you know, and it's a small, small ish town, you know, I can, I can see like people going along with that. Like I was able to accept those, those sorts of things. And the cheerleading thing was pretty, pretty goofy, (laughs) just throwing kids all over the place. And then her showing off all her trophies and she's wrestling people and just straight up murdering them. I think it's good. I I thought I thought she was funny. I they, they she had an eye patch from the be, from the get go. I mean this the whole thing was ridiculous with her. I'm glad they just I'm kept okay. it that way. I was okay with it. I'm I'm okay being in a relationship with a 35 year old woman. We'll see, and they could allow that to happen. So on the same token, that's why I was I'm still more than okay with having Audrey and Cooper having gone a little further. We didn't get it, but. Right. Yeah. I, that 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 seems more like a a two thousand storyline, whereas love triangles are probably as far as. Well, no, no, we're just talking about Mike and Nadine. Of course, you know, of course, Audrey and 
Yeah. Uh, Cooper could have dated. Yeah. Well, perhaps we'll get that now. I don't know. We're so. Far. I'm gonna flip. I'm gonna flip characters so we can talk about Ed. All right. Big Ed. Okay. Another nothing character. <laughs> like, why is he on the show? He was on the show to be in that gang in the first season with with Cooper and uh, Harry. That's the Bookhouse Boys. The Bookhouse yeah. Boys. Yeah, they. You know, they really didn't go anywhere other than like two se- two scenes <laughs> and one the, mission. Yeah. And and then they give him a badge. Because it took me a minute when they gave him when they gave Cooper the badge. You're officially a Bookhouse Boy after everything kind of gets like settled down. Yeah. Uh, after they figure things out, and I was like, the Bookhouse Boys. What the fuck's that? And I was like, oh. That was their little like cabin in the woods fort club. Like they didn't do anything with that. A lot of forgotten storylines. A lot of forgotten things. I actually until you just said it, I forgot that Big Ed was even in that 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 club. But Big, Big Ed is just uh, dressing for Norma, <laughs> right? Yeah, well, and that's the thing, and it's not like he's like some sort of suave character. So again, there's there's always like a mis a mismatch of of the men with the women they end up with, at least on a look scale. So 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 Ed, why doesn't he just divorce Nadine? I don't understand. He's a nice guy. He never really did anything too evil. Yeah, I guess maybe he technically kind of cheated on his wife, but he he kind of waited until the situation was she was doing her. High school business. And I didn't like how Nadine, uh, uh, the the sandbag incident. Oh yeah, there's another just, heavy-handed just, intro. Yeah, just, just keep get her as, in. just keep her as a, a teenager. Well, there was really no point of having her exit that. I guess if there was another play for a future season, but there really was no point of having her exit that that high school state. I would have been more pleased if she would have just stayed in it because it was just ridiculous. Okay, James. Dreamy James. Dreamy? I don't know. He looks it's like... always lit in that, uh, you know, that that uh, hev- heavenly, you know, ethereal lighting. It looks like, yeah, there's Vaseline on the lens. I, so he, he probably drove me the most nuts, but he also had about the he had the most going on when it came to the the younger uh, male characters. He had the probably the you bigger. Prefer, you lines. prefer James to Bobby? I I don't. I like no, Bob, I don't. I feel, like, I, th- I feel like Bobby has personality. No, I don't I, prefer James. He's probably okay. the character character I I I like the least in the James, entire series. James is the. I don't know if you watch Riverdale, but James is the Archie Andrews of Twin Peaks. He's he's just bland. Well, he's, and they and stuck him on a bike. Love- yeah, falling head over heels for this guy who just seems like a total dork. He didn't seem that tough. He he, he seemed scared a good majority of the time things were going on. Didn't really know what was going on. Didn't lead the charge. He was no leader by any means. He just kind of so- wandered around on his bike. So James, like Donna, served no purpose after uh, Laura Palmer's murder was resolved. But the writers, <laughs> the 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 James extended storyline, is that the worst? His, is that the worst storyline? His Evelyn storyline? Yeah. Well, the Evelyn character in general, that whole thing is not good. That is that is a glaring black eye. 
on the the post nine episodes. It, it it's so bad. Her teeth are like gray. Did you notice that? Really, it really threw me off, man. I f- I feel like the writers realized that it was terrible, and so it's like, okay, James, enough, go away, and this is this just wrote him off the show. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, but did they even did they even tie up the the uh, framed murder situation, or did they just kind of let it go? James just James just dri- James just uh, rides his bike off. He escapes that because he just leaves. She tells them who does it, James yeah. Hurley. Like she gives it, yeah. Evelyn gives him up by name, and then he just drives off. That's the solution. That's fucking. That's bad. And then yeah. he's he's back. James is back and bald. Oh, he's uh, he's looking real haggard too, which I'm kind of excited so, about. I mean, there's going to be some extreme but, look changes in this series, <laughs> and I'm really excited to see that. You realize that Bobby and James are. Are both fifty year olds, <laughs> but they look. Oh, I mean, h- how are we going to remove them from the characters they played in nineteen ninety one, ninety? Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's going to be. Oh, it's going to be fucking. Especially hilarious. because we just watched Twin Peaks. Right, well, that is a real fresh in my mind. So yeah, yeah. So, uh, the, I don't know what they're going to do with James. Yeah, you, you didn't have enough material for him the first time around, and then you bring him back. I really hope we're going to look back on this conversation and be like, oh, man, they really tied that up. I hope. I Come on, <laughs> fucking Lynch. Just re- rectify some of these situations that we're talking about. I'd be really pleased. Pete Martell. Is, is Pete Martell a good person or a bad person? He always... he. First of all, I'm going to say I fucking love Jack Nance, and I'm really sad that he's dead and is not going to be involved. But he's he's well, been dead, I mean, long dead for any he of these also, people. He was also in the bank when it exploded. Yeah. If Audrey survives, you fucking better. You, <laughs> hypothetically, if Jack Nance was alive now, you you sure. would fucking bring him back. You would not you would not kill him off because he's fucking great. So, actually, Pete Martell in the in, in the first season he helps uh, uh, Josie steal the ledger but in the second season he's okay with josie being the maid (laughs) and catherine abusing her well he's always on the outside of some of the more evil characters in the show like it doesn't say anything he's not a henchman per se because he doesn't really do anything he's really aloof i just don't know if i i want to say it's just because he's just he's just such a nice guy yeah, he helped everybody out, really. That's all he was doing was just helping people out. He wasn't a dick. He just consents to evil. He seemed like the nice grandpa of the show is what he was. He's like, you, uh, need, you need some help? Grandpa Pete's he's a, there. He's a conflicting character to me. Like, he'll help Cooper play chess, right? Which but is, he's, yeah. Yeah, he's also fine being married to Catherine Martell. Who, in her own right, we've we've both verified our opinion of her in in the second season as as one of the big bads. So let's let's talk about Catherine. Um, so <laughs> Catherine Martell, her long con is so convoluted when you think about it. Like, and Andrew Packard fakes his and marries Josie and fakes his death uh-huh. then she has to fake her death and then 
pretend to be a Japanese oh. man. So, so did you know? Because I was just like, what is wrong with this character? I go, it seems really I, racist. I but I, I go, I didn't know it was her at first. Okay, I, I'm because I was like, am I just dumb? I was like, I couldn't believe that was her. The bank, the makeup's so bad. The accent, I mean, everything about it was just a giveaway. But I couldn't tell it was her. I was shocked. And that was one of the small shocking things. I was like, well, okay, weird. Imagine how shocking it was in the night in you know 91 or 92 before the internet right do you think the internet would have figured it out i think they probably would somebody would have figured that out yeah i mean obvious it was obvious something was up with the makeup and stuff like that but so then she she poses as this japanese man <laughs> to get the, the greenwood contract and then they reveal that andrew is alive and then it her plan it, it it makes the, the, you know the the plan in old boy look simple well, it's it, pretty straight it, like straightforward it's it's very weaved it's i mean it's it's weaved into some of the first episodes if you take if you jump back who it's connected it's insane, to her plan yeah and the fact that it kind of works out and then the funny thing is is it actually just works out for her because we never get the weasel situation never comes to a head. We get no resolve there. So we don't know if everything goes through. Audrey's Audrey's plan to like her civil disobedience doesn't go anywhere. Like so her she was she she got away with it to our knowledge. Yeah, C C Catherine Martell is the winner of Twin Peaks because well <laughs> the bank does explode so she loses both of her loved ones. <laughs> sure. But, she, you know, she wins at the end for all intents and purposes. So, okay, I'm going to just throw out a, a situation. I'm, I'm hoping she's like some sort of just she's like the billionaire town runner. She's the one of Twin Peaks right now. She got her golf course. She owns vast swaths of Twin Peaks. And, and, and perhaps she's the big bad as and again like it continues on because as you said she she wins twin peaks she's still alive i believe she is but i don't think she's in it i'm checking right now i do not see a credit for it you, you know who i do see a credit for ray wise uh, leland palmer ray wise yeah how <laughs> so i assume that's um a that's misinformation because how well leland palmer is still alive in the black lodge i guess yeah, because that's well, – so are the ones with the white eyes, are those the ones that go – are those the doppelgangers that go on the other side? Or are they the ones that – I so because otherwise we don't know for sure if he's actually there. Because to right. me it so, seems like you would be regular stuck in the Black Lodge, you know, a regular person without the eye situation. I feel like the eyes are like the vessel that ends up going over, which is what happens with like Cooper or whatnot. But – so I don't know. I don't, I, don't, I don't know if we can necessarily assume that he, even though he just died. What he just died, right? He just he, he kills himself to get rid of Bob. Bob, yeah, right. And then uh, Cooper brings Bob back, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, Lucy. Uh, a little, a little annoying at first. But once I came to know her character too, I I, I liked her. So so you know we discussed Nadine as comic relief. Mm -hmm. 
the opposite of that is the 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 baby daddy <laughs> uh storyline mm-hmm. like okay enough you, it never I, the purpose there was no purpose served there because the dick character was stupid and <laughs> i mean we knew that lucy was going to end up with andy andy the whole time i mean that was just it's a given those two were they're they're they were meant they're meant to be together you could tell from the get-go that that's how that was gonna go and it did so they're gonna have a kid right foreseeably in this new series i i, I assume yeah their kid will probably be in college is that right? well is that kid gonna be like a major storyline because you're gonna have to have somebody's offspring do something right mm-hmm. gotta be, maybe gotta be. maybe <laughs> josie jocelyn packard uh, so what happened what happened to her yeah we don't get a resolve on that at all do we she's the maid is, is, is she... her soul in in the knob of the drawer oh god some of the work well we need to touch on that too but yeah she just like got stuck on a door or on a drawer knob a wooden <laughs> drawer knob uh, and they and they say her body was like 60 something pounds and yeah, 60 something pounds. So yeah. some, some part of her body is like stuck in the is, hotel. It's tra- is tra- is trapped in the drawer of a, of a, of a nightstand. Well, personally, I think it would have made more sense. I mean, cause her attachment to the hotel, there really was no attachment there. She didn't have that much involvement with the hotel situation. It was the mill situation for her. It would have been, I mean, is it cause it was just wood? Like, it would have made more sense, like, if she was, like, some sort of spirit that haunted, like, something that she had more involvement in, I'd actually be kind of cool with that. Like, if she got stuck in a vessel that was, like, a, mil- but like a big st- But still, log. like, what the fuck? Know. What the fuck? I, yeah, just withered away and ended up in a piece of wood. In some, you know, pre-Terminator 2 CGI. <laughs> Man, are we lucky that this show didn't have to rely on too much CG? So, so I didn't see that goddamn owl flying around anymore. I'd have lost my mind. So Josie's fate is different from Laura Palmer's and Leland Palmer's because she doesn't show up in Black Lodge. Is that correct? No, she's not in there. So she has her own supernatural deal going on. Yeah, yeah. Her, her, her soul or her whatever, her spirit is <laughs> adorned. I mean, they got to touch on that, right? I'm just, how deep are they going to go? They got 18 episodes, man. They got a lot. Are they, how much fan service are we going to get? She's, I mean, she's not credited at being in it, so I don't know. Right. That doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean she isn't. We still don't know. These could be lots of tricks being played on IMDb. We don't know. You know what I wanted was like uh, a, a, a bottle episode of Twin Peaks just about how. Catherine became Tojimura. <laughs> <laughs> like how she just survived and then decided, you know, did she decide to become Tojimura or was this all part of the plan that she would survive being killed? And then like, well, the re the resources alone to pull off her scheme. It's, it's insane. It's mental. It, it, yeah, man, you start thinking about that even more and it's just, it's it's out there. Uh, David Duchovny, pretty uh, 
transgressive at the time. Oh, huh? very, very. Yeah. Thinking back, I mean, even thinking now, we still got yeah. we. They, they and they play completely straight, like. Oh yeah, no, it, and no jokes. No, it, they just did. They they did their thing, and everyone was good with it. I I thought that was great. I I knew he. I I've seen screenshots. I I knew he was in it. I but now having the context for that, that's a nice that's a nice guest spot. Uh, Wyndham Merle. How was he as a villain for you? <laughs> the <laughs> the chess stuff. The it's just so hard to not look at that sort of thing, you know, like the game master type villain. I I like game master type villains though. You do? I liked you know Kevin Spacey in Seven. I don't I don't know what it is about like the chess thing that always just is off putting to me. I think it's just because I'm real bad at chess. My mind doesn't work that way. <laughs> I'm not a chess person at all, so maybe that's part it, of it. But his 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 game plan wasn't that well thought out either like he's just is 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 he is he in twin peaks for revenge no he's in twin peaks to find the black lodge uh meanwhile he's playing this game i i I don't know i think the way they played they played out his whole game his whole game plan is is wasn't the worst but i just had a hard time getting over i don't know do you think people in like 90 were talking about windham earl like we talk about the Carver season and Nip Tuck, you know, like oh, what a what a like a great villain. Like he had this whole thing figured out, the the kings and queens, and the, I mean, if you really if you really spread it out on a table and draw the lines to things, it's not the worst. I mean, was it blowing minds in '91? Though you think? It, I, I wish it, my it was, parents were well, into it, Twin Peaks or something, so I could like get an opinion. It clearly didn't blow minds because the show was canceled. Well, I get <laughs> but that. Yeah. It, it it was more entertaining than, you know, James and Evelyn and C- Civil War General and Nadine in high school. You know, that stretch. Yeah. Oh, and then I I believe the the dude that Wyndham Earl paper mache's into the chess piece yes. is Sam Raimi's brother. It is. It's Ted Raimi, yeah. That that was one guest spot I had no idea about. I was like, oh, oh. yeah, because I've heard of I've heard of a good majority of people like, oh yeah, they were in Twin Peaks, and then having no context, never knowing, it's just be like, yeah, sure, David Duchovny's in there, and then you see it, and you're just like, oh wow, that's like, yeah, yeah that's and great. Heather Graham. I had no idea Heather Graham was in Twin Peaks, and I actually had no idea how for you know how I was. I guess I don't know, quote unquote, like significant. Of a character yes. she ends up playing in 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 the grand scheme of things, I had no idea she was even in it. Uh, Hank. So, do we get what what happens? The last thing I remember happening to him was they're arguing. Hank is uh jailed. So Hank tries to attack Ed. Oh, that's and Nadine right. stops him. Yeah, and then they use that attack as. Like him breaking his parole and sending him back to jail. That's right. And then Norma has a conversation and he calls her a whore. And she's like, I'd rather be Ed's whore than your your <laughs> wife. I was like, damn, and then, dude. And, and then you have that weird dinner where Hank, another con man, is dating Norma's mom, who's a secret food critic. And, <laughs> and Hank and the, the, the other con man. You get the feeling that they're just like, we can't introduce 
any character here that doesn't have just some connection deep. There's not like somebody who comes to this comes to Twin Peaks and isn't involved with anything going on there and becomes involved with it. There's somebody who goes to Twin Peaks and because the the con man guy was like friends with Hank, like they knew each other from jail at some point. <laughs> it comes out to be yeah, like, right? he was like a mentor, right? Yeah, they're pulling schemes <laughs> in prison, and it's like what we're. Where did that come from? They're going like a hunting trip or some shit. It's just like, where? Why? Why was that even necessary? Could they have not just become friends on the show and then been like, oh, we're two schemers? Like, let's pull some shit. Do you think Toad Peaks is too many characters? Would it would it have been better um, with less characters, but that but the same amount of time to fill? Because because like the detective stuff, which is the main drive of the show, I think. Yeah. It's kind of flimsy too, right? There there are so many people in this show. But I'm not sure like who I would really totally cut. We talk about who is who is their character goes nowhere, what purpose do they serve? But I don't know if I'd have the show any other way without some of these people. So so you were okay with um Kim Bauer and the Mountain Lion? I like it because we can now you can reference that. That's a thing you can reference in TV. Okay. I love that. I love that. That's okay. a thing. If people know TV and you talk TV, and you go, "That's a that's a it's a Kim Bauer mountain lion like plot device," or you know, filler characters lend themselves. Filler characters provide moments. They they provide because, yeah they provide points that are are necessary to grow from in television I, I they fill they fill a gap i think and they they okay. they serve a necessary purpose for that they may not be good and we may not like them but i just don't know who i would cut leo we haven't talked about leo you, so i feel bad for the actor who plays leo I, that's, because that's what he I has no lines in the second season and he <laughs> he he's a big He's a big dick. I mean, his character, he looks he looks mean. He he was actually one of the, he was probably the toughest guy in the show. Right. He, he does nothing in the second season. Talk about getting neutered. He ends up just being oh, Windermere's slave. And then we I don't know, do those spiders finally fall on his head? Okay, so this <laughs> this the spiders, right? The spiders are in a cage. Yep. And I guess Windermere's uh thinking is that when he lets go of his string, the cage falls and breaks apart, and the spiders get all over him. Yeah, I, they, I, I feel believe like, they were non-poisonous spiders, by the way. I don't know. I, I, I feel like he could like lower the cage in, in chucks, right? Oh yeah. So that it doesn't break on his chest. Like he just have to get it to like touch his head, and then you could let it go and just kind of like roll it off <laughs> of your head, and you'd be good to go, right? Right, and and yet. I, are we supposed to assume that he's he's dead? It's it's a very weird, weird way to leave uh, Leo lying. Well, for the amount of characters where I'm trying to think where they ended up, we've we've pretty much for the most part, it's either I've just kind of forgotten where they ended up because they're so far removed towards the end. So I have some recency bias in my memory. But he's one. I mean, he's one that has no. There, that's it. You see his <laughs> yes. his his little his little trap he's set in, and that's. It, and they do a quick cutback to him too, which is really funny. Right. The, like the, the funny cutback. Yes. Yeah, they, it was. That's probably the <laughs> quickest cut in the whole show because 
this is a show that likes to move to one spot and they they stay there. The camera moves, but yeah. fuck, they stay in they they stay in the diner for minutes at a time. Shows are not cut like this anymore. But that cut, they do do the quickest cut in the show is to show Leo <laughs> with that twine in his mouth, and that was it. Like just back and then back to whatever they were doing. I I feel bad for his character because I could have seen him being. I I I, I truly thought he was probably the the meanest. He up. should be. He should be the big bad in Twin Peaks 2.0. And again, he is. Uh, he is not credited as being. Yeah, it, so. vengeful Leo. He stopped that. That dude stopped acting. Yeah, probably because season two was just such a miserable experience of him just pretending to be a, a vegetable. Finally, Bob. So actual, the man with gray hair, Bob. Yes. Okay. The actor who played him died. Yes, of AIDS. So. What, what do you do it. when Bob is the driving force of uh, action in your show? Having watched recently for the first time, I, I my mind wanders occasionally, and I'll load up Windows and, and kind of look at actors because it's like who who truly is this guy? I don't I've never really saw him in anything else because nobody really ever did. He didn't act very long, and he, right. he died uh, in like nineteen ninety four or something. So he's been he's passed passed on a long time ago. So. That was a little disappointing to me because I thought his evil character and the way they presented him was probably one of the best things that they did in the show. That was the most lynchian thing that I thought that really, like truly actually occasionally when he just pops up crawling over tables, just coming straight at you doing his thing. I thought it was actually truly pretty, pretty good. It was effective like, as horror. Very. I mean, it's just a, yeah. a guy who has a look, which, yeah. which Lynch obviously saw in him and just he's just a guy in a jean jacket but fuck man just his look and the way he was presented was was really effective so i was pretty bummed that to see that he was dead and won't be able to be involved so what do they do yeah is that i i think you're just going to grandma's talking that, do they have enough yeah i think going to pretend that cooper is not possessed it just like that didn't happen it makes, and it makes me sad we're not going to have Bob presented as he was the in the mirror, you know, or where what he is towards the Bob end. Bob is a little confusing because Bob was Leland's neighbor as a child, and Bob possesses Leland. Yes. But Bob doesn't always possess Leland because Leland can be a crybaby, and then Leland gets the gray hair and becomes... And, and Leland's singing and, and dancing doesn't start until he has the gray hair, right? Yes, and so that that's when Bob is possessing him. Yes. But Bob is always around. So Bob is just a mischievous spirit. Yes? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I and mean, they have an easy out, I think, to, to, to present him in some other form or way because of that. It's just unfortunate they lose the actual person who played what you know of as Bob. That's disappointing. Because I, I truly think that was an effective character. According to the... According to Bob's Wikia page, Bob is the owl. Yes. Okay. I didn't know that. That shitty CGI owl. Yeah. That that makes sense. Yeah. It's just like the Bob form we see, the the man with long hair, however they refer to him or great, whatever. uh, That's another form of him. I think that was just one he locked into and that the one that you see. I I think they got into the weeds a little bit sooner than they wanted to on that situation. 
Because it feels to me like they chose that character specifically because they're like, this guy can play a creep. We can present him as such. I think they got in on the weeds after they kind of come up, came up with some of the concept there. Like it seems okay. like it's a little <laughs> removed because it get, no. just us trying to parse this right now is tough. And I think like th- there's a reason for that. Knowing knowing Bob is the owl <laughs> really clarifies the the, the show. Well, cause whenever, because whenever because like when around. Bobby's dad is in the forest, it's th- that episode ends with an owl coming at him. Okay, that's why Bobby's dad disappears because Bob took him. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Fuck, man. It like I said, just talking about this is just. Kind of, hey, I'm I'm impressed a show from fucking 1990 can make my head hurt a little bit. And then we end with Laura Palmer saying, I'll see you again in 25 years. And the timing was a little off, but the show is returning. Mm-hmm. Uh, 25? Yeah. So years later. I, was, I wonder if this was, you know, always the plan. I mean, it's certainly, it's it's interesting that I mean, conveniently, it lines up that way. But I was actually kind of, I kind of, I kind of scoffed when she said it because I was like, "Oh shit!" Like, good timing. I don't know. Did you, did you, did you enjoy the the backwards talking thing? Did you find that effective or annoying? Did you not like it? Well, I watched a lot of it with captions on, just because I was kind of trying. I have other. I have a life. It was hard to delve into i i seriously right. watched seven six and seven hour blocks of this at a time to finish um so i had to be I, doing some other well, things I, the 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 backwards talk was captioned yes it was captioned so it helped right. to, it helped yeah. understand it but i was trying to like not pay attention to the captioning while that was going on too just to see if i could understand some of it and some of it i just straight up couldn't understand i liked it in concept but i think with technology now i think they could execute that better a little more clearly a little bit more clearly because i was like i need some enunciation i i imagine that we'll be returning to the black lodge okay we we gotta i hope perhaps it's had an upgrade in its look but maybe not too much (laughs) you don't dig the furnishings the the lamp and uh let's put it this way they they found a way to do what they could you're not going to mistake I, it for I, anything. Like you, you wonder about the budget because they shot on location. Yeah. So they could they could do that. They could afford to do that, and yet, if you really break down the location shooting, like in real life, and you go go on a fan site and say, you can find everybody located, literally almost every fucking location in here. You think that's daunting, but if you really break it down, it's a lot less spots than you think. I mean, you can burn through images and get through the whole series, and you're like, damn, I saw every spot. It only took two minutes to look through these photos. So, I mean, they did. They, they were resourceful with their location shooting. And a lot of this stuff was just in the same spot. I mean, these were long. They burnt up a lot of time just keeping that camera in one location. In, in the hotel. Like, every, everything happened in the hotel. Yeah, right. and, you, and it was a big. It's a big set piece. It's a big place, so you stick the camera in a different corner, and it's it seems fresh. It's a trick, which again it. makes me wonder about the size of Twin Peaks. If <laughs> yeah, ever. and then oh, I like how they gather up all the male char- cast members, uh, all the male characters in the Roadhouse when they reveal who Laura Palmer's killer is. <laughs> 
Like they're all in the roadhouse in, in the episode where we find out who killed Laura Palmer. So uh, they, they even they even drag Leo into the roadhouse. Oh, that's uh, right. They do, to, don't they? Yeah. Just in, just in case he killed Laura Palmer. Well, and that would be the first time some of those characters would have ever even been in the same first and only time some of those characters would have even been in the same room, right? Like yes. what was Leo ever even in the same room as like Hank besides that scene? No. That was the first and only interaction like, between like some they're, of those they're characters. Like they're all they're all in the roadhouse. Yeah. And that's yeah. You got your lightning flashing outside and this the roadhouse was not a great set. It was a big square with fucking tables strewn on the outside of it and that was about it. It's like peanuts on the floor. Oh, that's a bar. We got a good good country bar here. Any uh hopes for the revival? I'm actually really really excited and I think you know, the people who have watched this series way more obsessively, who have enjoyed it to, you know, a very large extent, I I, I hope they're satisfied with it. I'm not I'm whether or not I'm disappointed or not, I, I don't think it's going to ruin what I saw. I could see how it could be pretty touchy with with some deep fans of the of a show like this. I just hope it's it's got all the elements that this one did. I'm interested to see that in the light of modern technology and modern Lynch, which we just we don't get a lot of. Lynch just... His last film is very very odd. Yeah. It's <laughs> I so... don't I don't like using what drives me nuts is I don't like using the term weird to describe this, and that's how everybody always says it. It kind of drives me nuts. I just think that's such a it's, bland, I don't a think bland it's, unconvincing, yeah, just I, I, not a good way to describe anything. Weird's just I not don't a good word. I think it's so much weird as offbeat, eccentric. It's, weird is just not. A, there's there's better terms, better better ways to look at it. It's not weird, but anyways, I'm excited to see Lynch TV again. What it, what the fuck is that in 2000? 17. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be cool to see. And, man, a lot of these people don't. I mean, they're old. They A lot of these people weren't young when they were in it, and they're going to be really old. I'm curious how much the returning characters will be featured. Like I said, there's such a laundry list of new celebrities. Like, Lord, will it be like Degrassi, the next generation, where they, the old characters are there, but the focus is the new characters? They just dip, they just dip back. Yeah. But there's so much lore. It seems like it would be really disappointing for them not to uh, uh, dive some into woman, Yeah, some woman can fall in love with James and we get more the the love theme. and Oh, James. Oh, James. And I would love for it to be kind of campy and fucking... Let's not... I just don't know how serious you're going to take Because everybody in this... Sh- everybody who was in it, nobody was winning acting awards in this. But, like, everybody now it's so far removed like there's got to be better acting right but are they going to actually act better or is it lynch just going to be like no we're going to keep it in i I just don't know what to expect i really don't i'm excited for it Uh, there's so much you could do and it's i I think it's gonna be really hard to not disappoint in some regard but i'm not going to be hurt by it i'm just kind of excited to see what's going to happen all right that's it for this episode you can find me elsewhere at adamriff.com and you can find me on twitter at zombieologist thanks for listening and we'll see you in the next one take it away leland you're going back to missoula my dad